Hi, folks. Uh, this week, the only real content warning I have about our interview is there's some discussion of some medical issues. And wow, I found it fascinating. I don't know if you guys will. So that's that. Uh, I should mention we also have pets and they make noise. Hello, yes. tiny orange. I, I believe there's even a slim chance you can hear ninja crowing in the background. Yeah, it's the, the light is still out and he is still loud. And uh, you will not hear the kittens, although they are starting to get socialized with everybody else. We have our two, Hobbs and Shaw. And Shaw has a mighty purr. It he, is so much bigger than his little body. If he grows into his purr, he's going to be a giant. Which one? Which character was uh, was the rock? Hobbs. Okay, Hobbs is the small one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. All right. Maybe I had uh, some some designs there that I'll give him a big name and he'll stay smaller. Ah, well, <laughs> so Shaw will be the size of a, <laughs> a loaf. Uh, Stratham is not exactly a small man. Yeah. Anyway, this is from The Fast and the Furriest, or in our case, The Fast and the Furriest. You yeah. actually said Fast and Furious twice. God damn it, I meant to say Furious, but all right, look, it's, uh, hi, welcome to, uh, it's your show, say the word. Yes. We're going to swear a lot, by the way, just so you know. There's your warning. Hi, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 159. I can tell you're in a mood. I'm in a, yes, sorry, I've been fighting on the internet. Um, I, someone said something slighting about romance, so I had to go destroy them. Uh, that is romance writing. If you believe it is formulaic or that people churn it out for money, I encourage you to attempt to write one. And then when you are weeping and curled in fetal position, we will accept <laughs> your apologies. Um, the one advantage to fighting in the places I fight is at least it keeps me off Reddit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is yeah. all I have going for me. So anyway, uh, yeah. So that's that's that. Um, I've yes, been having very beautiful. Uh, an interesting week. I think us finding homes for the kittens counts as major productivity. Oh God, yeah. In fact, I I was actually kind of feeling bad because I didn't get. I only got like half my usual word count done today, like five hundred words. But then I was like, okay, but uh, Sunday was all day was spent driving, delivering kittens. It wasn't like a right. rest day. It was a take a major road trip. To deliver kittens. Five hours round trip. Yes. Yeah. In 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 these COVID days, that's major. Uh, and I, of course, met my sister uh, halfway that same distance uh, the day before to deliver uh, Mira, Mina? Mina Indigo, Mina uh, Indigo. who we were calling Runt. And if you have access to our Twitter feeds, the pictures of formerly Runt, who was, of course, the Runt of the Litter, and... Uh, his sister's enormous dog, Prussia, who loves this kitten. Oh my god! Um, they they will make your pancreas melt from the sweetness. It's 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 something else. Yeah, it, the, the cute burns us. Yes, it really does. So that was our weekend, and leading up to that, there was the vet visit to get them all checked out. Uh, there was capturing 
Uh, Mama Cat. Recapturing Mama Cat. Recapturing Mama Cat. She got loose in the garage, and then it was another day or two. Yeah, and and all of the logistics around that, finding homes after we found out they were all healthy, and and et cetera, and et cetera. And it's things that you don't mind doing and that need to be done and that make the world a better place, but they still take up, if not so much physical energy, uh, although, you know, obviously driving, but just mental energy, like suddenly a large chunk of your brain is taken over by... Got to rehome kittens. Tiny little lives dependent on us. I yeah Must no. I I am familiar with that. Having had tiny little chickens in my office for a couple weeks. Yeah. Until I could migrate them outside. And How are the tiny nuggets doing? They're not tiny anymore. No, some of them are enormous. And they're not done growing yet. So we are we are reaching a point where we may actually start to recognize roosters. Yes. So we're keeping an eye out for that. Uh, they are still collectively the nuggets. Uh, they will stay that way until after the roosters have been culled because uh, you you don't name what you're going to eat unless it turns out they're a real asshole. Which is why they're nuggets. Yes. So And, uh, we, and we don't need as many roosters as there probably are. Right. Uh, and um, uh, Daryl has adapted very well to being the only Houdan brother – the fabulous Sudan brother. The fabulous brother. Sudan brother, yes. And he is uh, he is spending more time with the ladies. Uh, BB in particular. Really? Yeah. And and she's not being mean to him? I mean, she's BB. She's named BB. Those are her initials for a reason. Y'all can fill in the blank. Um, they probably can't. She's a bad shut your mouth. Yes. <laughs> that one. Um and uh, and uh, also strong, independent, and Becky are settling into a, a very um, sweet lesbian romance. Good for them. It's adorable. They uh, roosters will do a thing where they chuckle the hens over for food, and and the noise sounds like chuckling. They find a tasty morsel and they make this kind of chuckling call. That's I have a tasty treat, ladies, come get it. Ninja and can't is, even do that quietly. Uh, uh, yeah, ninjas. Ninja tries, but he doesn't actually know what a lot of things are that are food. So he will try to chuckle them over for like bits of leaf. So the ladies honestly don't listen to him as much. But uh, strong, independent will chuckle Becky over. Becky. And today I caught Becky chuckling over strong independent. They're they're clearly kind of an item and they sleep snuggled up next to each other. And this happens with older hens and you know we support their lifestyle and are glad they're happy together. It's disgustingly sweet. Yep. So otherwise work has been uh I have hit that slog at the end of a project mm, yeah. where it's like Okay, we've done all of the easy stuff, and now it's down to the the like outliers and the painful bits. I'm like at ninety five percent complete, and I've been edging around ninety five percent complete for about three or four business days now. So it's it's just that sort of a slog, um, but it should be done. I hope. Fingers crossed. By the end of the week. Woo. And then I'm already talking to my boss about my next big project and some maybe some little stuff in between. And how are you going to celebrate completing this project? Uh, I am going to do something. I don't know what yet. Um, possibly just cheer a lot in our on, – on the work slack to say this is done and I never have to do it again. <laughs> uh, and I mean I've I've also been able to – 
um, identify bugs in some of the processes and, and, and fix those. So, you know, overall it's been a positive experience. And since it's basically the same environment, my next big project's going to be in, it was a good way to learn it. Good, good. It was a good way to learn it. So positives all around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I'm already starting planning. We were talking about it in the, uh, so, as you may or may not know, I am an opensource.com correspondent. I write articles for them semi-regularly, in particular at the beginning of the year. I do – and I'm saying this for the audience, not you. Yeah, you yeah. know this. Um, I do a, a series on uh, productivity for the new year. Uh, in 2019, it was 19 tools to help you be more productive. In 2020, it was 20 ways to be more productive with open source tools Focusing specifically on like three tools to do an overarching all the things kind of kind of position. Uh, so this year, instead of starting on January first or second, panicking about oh god, I have ten days to figure out what I'm doing this year. I'm actually starting. <laughs> I was talking on our uh, weekly con call today about starting uh, the research and figuring out like what things I want to cover. So I'm not in the uh, I'm not in the crunch I've been in the last two years where I've basically been writing 20, 19 to 20 articles in um, 15 to 18 days. It's a lot. It's Yeah. It's, like the first three are easy, and after that you're like, oh, shit. I, the first three I, – I, I went in with a plan this time, and so – that wasn't the hard part. The hard part was there was a thing I really wanted to use, a, a tool, a process that I really thought would be awesome, and I could not get the fucking thing to work. Aww. I spent days on this, and finally I threw my hands up in the air and said, okay, what other options have I got? Because this is obviously not working. And that that sort of went into the into the failure column for me, but in the way that um, it wasn't my failing that I couldn't get it to work. It was literally the tool in question, literally that. And so I was like, I'm really disappointed I couldn't make this work, but uh, let's move on. You know, let's put that one behind us and move to the next one. It happens. Yeah. I spent days trying to get that work. Oh, God, it was painful. Anyway, uh, so there's that. Um, You know, and I guess since it's now August, and we are five months away from 2021, or in 2020... I, 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 I am fighting the urge to hiss and recoil from you like a vampire when someone holds up a cross, except you're holding up a calendar. I, I will go, but in, in 2020 time terms, terms, we are now in the second century of 2020. Okay, that's fine. Then I have a century to finish this book. There you go. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that's that. But uh, already starting to talk. I'm already starting to look at Eval 2021 planners. Lord, because they're starting to to come out of the woodwork. I just got the uh, all the academic planners are coming out now, the ones that start in July and August for students and teachers. And I'm not seeing anything new yet this year, uh, the usual suspects. But everybody's all excited because it's time for the new academic planners. And then somewhere around December they'll get or November they'll get all excited because it's time for the 2021 planners. And so it's it's. 
cyclical, you know. Um, Majestic in its way, the planners returning to the shelves on their great yearly migration. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, the, this is by far one of my favorite times of the year. Back to school season. You have to go out at dawn and then you can hear the rustle of the to-do lists in the darkness. This is because it is time for back to school sales. Back to school sales are where you can get some of the good shit right into the veins, pens, paper, all that stuff at good prices. Because there are going to be things that are loss leaders to get you in the store. And it's just, oh my God, it's like, it's it's a glorious thing. I mean, I, I used to do it because it was, it meant that the kids were going to be out of the house during the day. For the first time in three months, now that neither of them live here, now it's just office supplies. Back to school office supplies on the cheap. Oh, yeah. And I can't go because of the fucking pandemic. I, I, I'm so sorry. I mean, this is the time where I would be like, I, I would go out on a weekend and I would cruise the Office Depot or Office Max for the latest in tool. Um, things. Tool. Tool. Uh, this is the time where I would be, you know, uh, oh my God. I don't normally, we, we almost never shop at Walmart. Never, unless there's no other choice. But this is the time to go to the Walmart and their, their school supply aisles, the Target school supply aisles. Oh God. He, he has the rhapsodic look of a man yeah. recounting. The the drugs he took in his youth. Yeah. Or the great wine vintages he has sampled. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, uh, for those of you who are in areas where it isn't... Um, where your government was actually functional and locked everything down. Yeah, where you're not... Please shop vicariously for Kevin. Please. And uh, if you see anything neat, go ahead and send me an email because I, I cannot – or, or uh, a message on Twitter or something because I cannot keep up um, with all of them the way I would being able to just go to the store and browse. If someone wants to take like a handheld video of a walk through the uh, the aisle of the, you know, the pens, uh, I'm sure Kevin would be very happy. Oh, my God. The Walgreens will have their back-to-school seasonal aisle up. Uh, do they even? I don't think they make trapper keepers anymore. Yes, they do. Well, there then. is, I believe, even a trapper keeper iPad cover. I I just felt some emotion, and I don't <laughs> know what it was. It like struck me, and I can't identify it. It's like. It's like when you find something arousing that you know you shouldn't and it makes you a terrible person, only it's not arousal, but it's something I... I know. I, I, oh, that's, that's, that's distressing. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, do you have an interview? I do. Um, Who's it with? This is a returning guest, uh, Patricia Pinto, who was on almost two years ago. Uh, has come back to give us an update. 
on where she's at and some of the significant changes she's had to deal with in the last couple months. So we're going to go talk to Patricia right after this. Hi, folks. Uh, I am back with a great friend of the show, Patricia Pinto, this week. Uh, Patricia has had a hell of a year since the last time we talked and uh, thought maybe we should do a catch-up. So, Patricia, can you uh, introduce yourself a little better than I would and tell us what you do now, if it's significantly different from last time? Um, hi everyone. Um, I'm Patricia. Um, I'm still a copywriter for an Australian waste management company. Um, my day-to-day and my duties actually have changed not that much, um, to be honest, in the last one year. Um, but what has happened and what I've been through has been a lot, so that's why we're doing this. <laughs> And you, you still do the freelance writing and voiceover mm. stuff. And do you still use, well, I guess mm. you can't anymore. I guess you can't use your GPS for, for malls anymore. <laughs> um, well, the thing is, is that because I've been going to only a very, those very few malls in, um, around me directly. So the GPS in that area has been strengthened. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it's basic. And it's a lot of it has been updated simply because um, a lot of businesses are using Facebook to keep updated. So I've started to learn how to properly search for them online so that I know whether or not they're open and whether or not they are allowing dine in. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big. That is that is a deal right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. <clears throat> So you were saying that you had uh, uh, you had some life events that happened that changed how you do things. Do we want to compare and contrast, or do we just want to dive straight in? Um, I think I can talk about that. So actually, when we last spoke um, mm-hmm. in July last year, well, it's actually been a year. Yeah. Um, I actually was undergoing treatment for uh, fibroids that had been found in my womb. So I actually was under a hormonal treatment um, to shrink the fibroid down to a size where I would be a candidate for uh, laparoscopy. I don't think I'm pronouncing it right, but yeah, basically that was the idea. So um, three months down the road, so somewhere in about, I think should be late October, early November, mm-hmm. um, I went into surgery. Um, and Basically, the doctor found out that he couldn't do... Uh, laparoscopy, which basically, if you do laparoscopy, it's like your recovery time is in weeks rather than months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so for me, it turns out that the biggest fibroid, which I call uh, my little watermelon, because at its 
it was, I think when he took it out, it was like about 10 to 13 cm. So it's Holy quite crap. big. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been in my body for like over 10 years. So it's been getting, it's been having, to quote my doctor, a very good life. <laughs> um, so he took. I mean, it's, uh, you have to laugh, right? <laughs> pretty much, yes. So um, he took that, he took that big guy out along with nine others. And there is an actual photo, which I will probably find and send to you, or I'll probably put it up on um, on the blog later, where it looks like it, it's a range like from largest to smallest. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, so he, so um, I went in for surgery then, mm-hmm. um, and I took the entirety of November off, which allowed me to participate a little less uh, stressfully in Nanorimo. Yeah. Um, went back to work in early December, which was where I started my new system. Mm-hmm. And then, mm, excuse me, um, I went back to work for only two weeks and then we were closed for Christmas. So that turned out <laughs> not too kinda, bad. Yeah, throws the whole <laughs> thing off, doesn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, is I went back at pretty much the right time at that time, simply because um, we're closing now for Christmas. So we had a lot of running projects, but none of them were like, you must do it now. You must live it now, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then came back to then um, came back to work in January, um, took another long holiday in February for Chinese New Year. Um, mm-hmm. And I was actually lucky because um, I went with my in-laws to Vietnam. Uh, just as COVID started breaking in Asia, Ooh, so yeah. we came. Yeah, so um, we came back just before they closed their borders. And um, the thing is, is that we were comparatively lucky because we found out on the second or third day when we were there that um, for the Vietnamese government, they actually had uh, shut their borders with China, and they weren't risking anyone on flights. So for the Chinese people who wanted to go back to China. They would actually need to take a train or a bus uh, to the border or take a flight to the border, actually. And then uh, they would need to literally cross the border on foot. Oh, wow. Yeah. So oh, wow. it was it was crazy. Um, and then, yeah, then we came home and then it's like two weeks later, we had a, a change in the government. Um, and uh, two weeks later after that, we had a... Uh, we had the first of our lockdowns, which most of us call MCO now. So, yeah, and that's where we're at right now. I've been working from home since um, mid-March, and um, unofficially, uh, not say, yeah, unofficially for our team, um, we are due back in the office. The earliest is September first, but they're going to be taking a rotation system, and they are only going to ask us to come in once a week. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I know of other businesses and other um, companies who have more or less completely um, reopened, or at least um, they're doing the rotation basis, like half people in this week, half people in that week, etc. So there is also that. Mm. Yeah, the, the company I work for, we have not even set actual dates for reopening yet. Uh, it's it's going to be on a country by country basis and mm. where things are. But they're like, yeah, we're we're not even thinking we'll be even to have people other than like the office manager in before mm. September at this point. Mm. Yeah. A lot just, of places I've, sorry, it's just. Oh, I was going to say it's, it's just uh, uh, interesting to, to see. So like, yeah, we're not even trying with our <laughs> California office. We're just 
you know, accepting that that one's that one's closed, then maybe Europe will be, mm. you know, uh, maybe. I think like the only place that if we have an office there where we could just be like, yep, office is open and and not have freakouts about is probably Australia. Which is interesting because Victoria, as far as I know, is doing um, targeted lockdowns. So they're actually locking down like entire postcodes um, because mm-hmm. they've detected a spike. Oh, okay. Mm. So maybe yeah. not. Um, if we had a New Zealand <laughs> office then. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. New Zealand, uh, New Zealand, Vietnam and Thailand, not Thailand, sorry, uh, Taiwan mm-hmm. have done excellent in fighting COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, my uh, my direct manager lives in um, uh, New Zealand, so I get the updates from him on the uh, on our one on ones occasionally. So mm, yeah, my a lot of my friends and I are all jealous of New Zealand because they have a competent prime minister, and we're like, we had that once too. Yeah, I kind of know that feeling. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> So you you changed your system. Uh, what precipitate was there a, a driving need to change the system, or was it just that you were out for so long that the old system didn't like? Now's the time to try if you as long as you're starting over after a long break. Um, it's mainly that it's. Um, I had a friend who was talking about the Muji B5 system, and I realized that. Um, for me, at least, I didn't want to... The old system was probably not going to do for it because I found myself far more distracted. Um, mm-hmm. So it was an idea like, yeah, it's time for a new one. I might as well give this a try. Right. And this is the... the, the, the which which one? So there's this uh, grey notebook oh. uh, from Muji, the B5. So I really like it because um, in the on the inside... Um, yeah, you can see that I've actually decorated it partially this is like one of the most <laughs> decorated pages uh, but what i really like about it is that it's it looks like it's lined but it's actually dot grid because it's got um the dot grids on the sides it not on the sides mm-hmm. but in the page as well so it makes it very easy to yeah. um to write mm-hmm. yeah and so what i did um was that i would just write like week what week what week what and then it's like just write down my tasks etc and then at the end of Every week, if I remember or if I have uh, the brain space to decompress, mm-hmm. I'll write a reflection of the particular work week. Um, if not, then I'll just continue using it. Um, it also gave me an excuse to buy the Daiso, um, the Daiso monthly stickers, oh. and yeah, so I can do like stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, have to yeah sneak sneak them in. Um. Yeah, but in the end, I discovered that. Um, a monthly overview for me doesn't work. I okay. don't go back to look at it, and it's not. Uh, it's if it's important enough, it's going to be on my phone. I'm going to put it into a calendar. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, and that's and and for the people who can't actually see it, that's a bullet journal, isn't it? Um, I think it is. Sort of ish. I mean, the, yeah. Yeah, the style I'm using is definitely bullet journalish. So with that said, that book lasts me almost exactly six months because. Uh, it started off in December and it finished mm-hmm. at the end of May. So I then switched to the Kokoyo campus. Okay. Yeah, this one is because um, I made an order from a stationery, a local stationery store. So they actually gave uh, gave out uh, the Kok- uh, Kokoyo campus diary 
the weekly editions, um, mainly because these were stocks that were damaged and couldn't be sold in store. Um, and it's the, the damage is like very minor, like it's just the cover or the side of the pages that's like a bit crumpled or once. So I found that this is far more useful because um, what I would do is, wait, let me just hold up one, one page. It's like I'd fill up with like the tasks that I'm doing. So right. it's got the hour thing, but I don't use it. Um, so I'll just fill it up with tasks. And then it's like, if I'm feeling, uh, if I have a bit, uh, if I'm feeling a bit more cheeky, I'll color code them. Um, otherwise, it will be like, oh, whatever colorful pen that's nearby. Right, 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 right. And then at the end of the day, um, I'll just take uh, another pen and just like mark it done or move to the next day. How long does that one last you? That's another six months or so? Probably because um, I started in June. So probably going to last me. The calendar is, no, it's until December. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, six seven months, not bad. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's actually been I've actually found it very useful because um, it gives me a point of reference uh, in the office nowadays. What we do, not say in the office, but um, in our Slack channel. <laughs> yeah, my 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 team uses Slack, which is actually really nice. I find it quite powerful. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's easy enough that um, even people who don't have a lot of tech know-how can use it. Um, so, yeah, we abuse the Jiffy function. The Jiffy function is basically probably the most used function in the entire team. <laughs> I was going to say it. Um, that function and custom emojis. Oh, yes. We are we are emoji <laughs> fiends at work. <laughs> Co-worker yeah, was she- excited. Uh, she found <laughs> goth chicken emojis for me. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, unfortunately on like my big high resolution screen over there, the itty bitty, but and they're even animated. So uh, I'm gonna have to zoom in or something one of these days to get a good look <laughs> at them. Yeah, my um we found out that we could add custom emoji like I think at the end of last year, and this is I think after we had been on the system for about a year and a half, and the team has been like <gasps> So, yeah, we've got, oh, yeah. like, um, do you know the dancing parrot? The dancing we parrot emoji? So many party parrots. Yes, that's, that's like, one of the first things the, the um, our animator did. It was, like, he, like, found different variations of the party parrot, and it's, like, he uploaded it. And it's, like, nowadays when someone um, makes a comment that requires the party parrot emote, it's, like, all at the bottom is like we've got one dancing on the ceiling. We've got three in a row, conga oh, yeah. and more. <laughs> oh yeah, we have one. We have one in slow mo. Uh, oh. <laughs> we they're probably all coming from the same place. Uh, so. <laughs> Although there there are a couple customs I got off another Slack, uh, which is for jaded system administrators. It's a little uh, Amazon Web Services logo with fire behind it, and we're like a little. <laughs> Google Cloud with fire behind it. And, uh, we, we needed it. Uh, I grabbed them because we needed it for Azure services one day. It was either Azure or GCP. And so it's just like, yes, they're, you know, this is the kind of day we're having, and just a little Azure with all the flames on it. There is actually one emoji that I'm not sure whether or not um, whether or not anyone realizes it or if no one is just saying it. There's, there's one which, which has like the 
the hand waving up. And then the thing is, is that because of the way the feathers are positioned, it looks like it's middle fingering. Like it's doing, it's doing the middle finger thing. And I'm looking at it, it's like, you're putting that on the boss's message. Are you sure that's the kind of message you want to send? <laughs> so I have a coworker from a prior job who came to join me at my current job. After I said, hey, are you, are you about fed up over there? Because I'd like <laughs> to have you back on my team. I liked working with you. Um, who went through his archives and dug up. There is a, a small icon of me giving the finger <laughs> that uh, he uploaded to the work server because he's like, I got to have this one around just in case. <laughs> Very good one. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was it uh, my boss at that job, my manager at that job said? He said, it, you know, it hasn't been a, a – I think it was like for our, our morning stand-up or whatever. If I didn't give him the finger, it wasn't a complete day. So, <laughs> he's from Jersey. We got along great. It was, you know. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm noticing some, some differences here. Like, um, do you still – are you still running with like uh, shared Excel with your team and Basecamp mm -hmm. and that stuff? Okay. Yep. So the thing is, is um, the good thing about switching to the new system is that I have at a glance the kind of the task that I need to do every day. And mm -hmm. then when the task comes in for me to readjust, I can immediately look at the calendar now and tell my team lead, um, hey, this doesn't, um, if you want me to do this, I need to push this. Um, aside or do I extend the deadline, et cetera. And so we've been having very good conversations about uh, meeting deadlines and how much time is actually required for a specific task and such. Cool. Don't mind the phone. Which is, which is, which is yeah, I mean, it's an important thing, right? Um, mm. You know, if you're not communicating with your boss and, and having that negotiation of, well, if you want me mm. to do this now, these other things have to be shoved to the side. Mm. Uh, you know, that's that's a good place to be. I've worked with people who, when you say, okay, uh, that's going to eat up time for this other thing, who are like, uh, no, we expect you to continue to get it all done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't miss working for those kinds of, of people. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the morning usually begins uh, with a sort of stand-up between me and my colleagues. So. Mm -hmm. Um, when we come in, uh, when we basically get online, um, we go into the channel and we say, okay, these are our tasks for today. If there's an order, a priority order, we'll mention it. Um, mm -hmm. Or if there's a deadline, etc. And then um, our boss will usually uh, acknowledge, either acknowledge or say, okay, fine. Uh, oh, no, can you do this instead, etc. as well. So we know what each other is working on. Um, because she sometimes comes in earlier or later than me, she's... She has a one-year-old baby, so it's like <laughs> it's like I understand you. For me, at least, it's more like uh, if she asks me for stuff, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, sure, no problems. Uh, you need to look after your baby. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I was working when my kids were that age. I was working weird hours sometimes because it was just easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the for her, it's actually it's, for me. I find it a little bit more amusing than most, simply because. The hours that her baby would be up is pretty much our work hours. So it's like, okay, put baby to sleep, and then she comes online. Whereas right. other people would be like, oh my God, my baby just fell asleep at five, but I need to be at work at nine. So yeah, yeah. it kind of works out, I feel. 
That that last one was me. Ah, well, uh, the baby the baby just fell asleep, and I have to get up in an hour and a half to go get ready for work anyway. So, might as well. I'll try to sleep anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sleep is seriously underrated, and I don't. Um, a year on, actually, it's like I, I actually beat myself up a little bit if I don't get enough sleep, um, simply because. I've realized um, physically how much of a difference it makes. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I actually have a tracker on my watch. Mm. Um, when I did the... It, uh, I don't know if you, you... You were saying you've only been able to listen to letter shows. Majority of it. Yeah, no, I think I've also heard the anniversary, and I remember Ursula was saying how angry you were. It worked. <laughs> Right, and but that was the thing is there's a sleep tracker on the uh, I can get for the, the my watch. Mm, okay. And so I just make sure I've got it charged, and I just wear my watch to bed, and it tells me whether I had a restful night or a restless night. Uh. Tries to you know it's actually really kind of nice, and I can look at it and go, mm. well, that's the reason why last week was crap. I was only sleeping <laughs> four hours a night total, right, or something like that. Ouch. I've, I actually have a very bad habit that uh, people probably will scold me for. Um, I've set up, I've set up my bed in such a way that I have a teddy bear in the corner, and I have a sleeping app on my phone, so which also doubles as my alarm. Right. So before I sleep, I just um, start the sleep tracker, and then I mm-hmm. leave it like sort of propped up against the teddy bear. So the teddy bear is like nicely hugging it, and it's. <laughs> been, it's been doing a really great job of uh, tracking my sleep of how many hours I've gotten, um, what kind of, uh, whether or not it's a REM sleep or if it's a light sleep, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's been, uh, for me, that was that was my solution. And I think I've actually been using it since the app was out. It's called Sleep as Android. I think it used to be called Urban Droid or something at one point. Making a note. <laughs> yeah, it's... Actually, for me, it's one of the best um, the best apps that I've used, um, and I've mm-hmm. used it for I think almost like five or more than five years now. Actually, um, got it because it was one of those apps that um, before the real alarm goes off, they try to like make a bit of noise so that you are start pulling being pulled out of REM sleep into light sleep, so that when the alarm right. does go off, you're like, oh, okay, it's you don't wake up too groggy. Right, mm-hmm. and lately I've been. Pulled straight out of REM sleep by like dogs, cats. Oh That's, no! Not chickens though. The chickens. I can sleep <laughs> through the chickens waking up. <laughs> uh, okay. Mm. Um, how about for your now? Does your your home stuff go onto the same paper journal now, or mm, it depends on the stuff. Um. Also, my husband is snoring, so I hope it's not being picked up by the mic. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, great. Um, for the home things, it really depends. Um, mm-hmm. The work journal, the previous Muji journal, doesn't pick it up because I left it exclusively at home. So whatever okay. that I wrote in there uh, would be basically for... I mean, sorry, not leave it at home. I left it at work. So whatever that went in there was just pure work-related stuff or things that I had to do while I was in the office. Um, the Kokuyo is half-half. It depends on... Okay. Um, what I need it for. So I do have some uh, notifications or some uh, little tasks that um, I pencil in just to remind myself that, oh, this is something that requires a digital component or, excuse me, I need to make a call. 
or right. something. So yeah, it's more of a reminder. And although I would put it on specific days, it's one of those ah it doesn't have to be on that day, but it has to be done this week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And you're still using the shared calendar with your husband and mm, yep. keeping reminders uh, and. <laughs> The shared calendar thing actually came in very useful. Um, so a few weeks ago, actually, um, my current, no, my previous tenant um, decided to move out. Okay. So um, I had to arrange for house viewings and um, new tenants to come in as well. Um, all of us practice uh, social distancing. Everyone wore a mask. I'm so happy to see that. Um, <laughs> so what happened was that uh, I would put in the um i would put in the appointments um mm-hmm. for the first appointment of the day i would invite him and then all the rest would basically be like it's all on my calendar so he can actually see at a glance oh okay we've got like three different appointments mm-hmm. to for people to come and see the house etc that kind of thing and then you've got to get you know and then uh are you you've still got to go through and do the the like surface cleaning to make sure nobody's left anything behind from touching surfaces or mm. on things or the good thing is nobody touched anything uh okay. for the most part um so what usually happened um let's see if i can remember there was this one uh there was this one uh group uh young bachelors basically who were like they were desperate to 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 move in simply because one uh, my rent is cheap for the area yeah. And they were being kicked out of their current place, so yeah. so they came in on they came in, and then when they were moving through the apartment, um, everyone was like having their hands behind their back, or they were holding their phones tightly. <laughs> <laughs> the only person who was touching anything was basically me because um, I had the house, I had the keys, and right. what uh, what we did was that we just opened all the doors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and we all had hand sanitizers. I mean, I had hand sanitizers, hand sanitizers, and a number of people actually have um, uh, washed their hands with soap and all when they got back. So it was not a concern for most of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've been watching <clears throat> as our limited reopening has been happening here, and like talking to my dentist about what they're doing after an appointment, uh, or my tattoo artist who. Mm-hmm. Because of my original travel schedule, I don't think I have any appointments with until <laughs> September anyway. <laughs> but, um, you know, like all the steps they have to take to make sure people remain safe when they're mm. dealing with, you know, because they're dealing with aerosolized uh, uh, body fluids, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I actually had to get an emergency. Um, I can remember the malatum. I can't remember the um, English term now. But basically, I needed to get a cavity filled out. That's what um, right. So I had to call, I actually messaged uh, my dentist to see whether she was open and she said that, yes, we're open, but you must have an appointment because we will not accept anyone, we will not accept walk-ins. Right. So I made an appointment and while she was going through my teeth, she was like, okay, you actually have uh, more issues, but these we can fix later and we would prefer not to keep you too long in the uh, in the clinic. And this was mm-hmm. like about two, three months ago. So, yeah. 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 I'm just glad I had my last surgery with all that stuff uh, Mm. last year, basically. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because I had had to have an implant put in. 
Um, okay. Uh, well, it's better than the alternative because I had all the work done and it just didn't take on one tooth. Uh, and okay. it's better than it not taking on more than one tooth. Mm, um, that's true. So that one had to go, and I had to get an implant. But all of it fell together. It's like, yes, I get back from Tibet. <laughs> I have my, you know, I've finished my job interview. I have the extraction. I start work. There's like everything just time sliced perfectly so that it didn't actually impact that whole, you know, <laughs> trip. New job flow. Mm. Oh, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, so I right. had the same thing for mine as well. Hi, <laughs> yeah. Sergey. Yeah. Is he rubbing himself against the books? I'm just curious. Yeah, and eventually he'll get bored and he'll pull one down. Right now, I believe he is. Uh, yeah, he's about to throw a copy of The Artist's <laughs> Way off of the thing because that's how he gets my attention. Um, <laughs> That's why that the desk behind me is incredibly clear most of the time is because anything that's on there will eventually end up on the floor. I still remember him throwing knives at Shep. Was it Shep or was it Liz? Yeah, it was it was Shep. <laughs> it was Shep. <laughs> no, oh, cat. Don't love my D&D book. Move them. They're too heavy. I can barely get them out of the slipcase. What makes you think you can? Anyway, <laughs> Uh, so, wow, that's, that's it. Yeah, so, um, Slack, Giphy, oh, all the fun stuff. Mm, yeah, and, but I've noticed that the recent updates to Slack actually did impact my colleagues more than it did me, because um, mm -hmm. some of them have this habit of, they'll keep the file transfer window open so that they'll know what files they receive from each other. And then the latest version actually has removed that. Or it's not easily oh, serviceable anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So my creative director's like, I'm looking for this file. Why has it disappeared? No, where did I put it on my on my computer? Yeah, well, yeah, most of our <laughs> stuff is, uh, since we're uh, basically Git-based for all of our stuff, oh. at least... On the section I work in, it's like, yes, I'm working in a branch. Okay, I will commit the branch. Okay, now I will, you know, bring in the changes from the primary branch. I don't know what we're going to call it, but we will be changing the name of it. Um, mm. And then I push the branch back up and, you know, all the all that flow. So I don't actually have to worry so much about tracking where I kept the latest version. I know where it's going to be because it's... You know, one directory, repository directory on my machine. Hi, mm. Ernie. Yes, you're dying of starvation, Ernie. Aww, Ernie. <sighs> I thought you would usually find Ursula. Um, no, it, it, she may be out in the garden. Ah, fair enough. Uh, and that's why he's looking for love. Uh, not love. He's looking for dinner. Ah. <laughs> right, because they've never been fed before in their lives, and uh, wow. it's past their normal dinner time, so... <laughs> I should have fed them before we, we started the call. Um, do you want to take actually, a quick break and do that? Yeah, let's let's take a quick break, and <laughs> I will go do that back. And you were saying that I did that pretty fast, and I have a system. <laughs> and that is uh, I pick up the bowls, because in order to get to the actual bin where the food is stored, mm -hmm. from here, I have to walk past where the bowls are. So I walk through, uh -huh. I get the bowls, I go to the bin, I scoop out their food, I put their bowls down on the way back. And so. Uh, oh, I wow. Can, that's fast. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I can just, like, roll through, feed them, done. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was thinking while I was doing that that, you know, hounds are extremely food-motivated. And I've been hearing <laughs> a lot of people talk about, because uh, it's Fourth of July weekend here. So mm. those of you in the U.S. know it's uh, a big day for fireworks and explosive, explody things. And, um, like, because they were, as far as we can tell, trained for hunting dogs, mm. they're, like, fine with gunshots or exploding mm. things. They're not so good with thunderstorms, but they're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. That's gunpowder. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people who are having, you know, to, to um, take a lot of care with their dogs because they get very upset with mm. fireworks and, and things like that. Yep, my, my dog used to do that um, before mm-hmm. he ran away. So, oh. um, yeah, he was he was very old. He was about like 13 years old and he was a small breed. So it was getting very close uh, mm-hmm. to him. Uh, basically, he ran out one day and then we tried looking for him at all the usual spots and we couldn't find him. Someone said that they did find find him. But when we went to try and pick um, him up, he they told us that... Um, she had let him run out uh, again ah. because she was keeping him in the porch and her mm-hmm. dogs inside were barking very loudly throughout the night. And she, so it's like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I hope that he's, he's no longer, he's, if someone has found him that they've given him um, the home that he loves. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, hmm. So been through Slightly all depressing. kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's it's been a crazy year, and it's like mm-hmm. 2020 is only halfway through. What? I know we're we're all sort of like, okay, we can we can we just get over with it. Uh, we still have the election to go through in the states, and I'm just oh like, god, yes, oh, dear god, yeah, yeah. I forgot it's end of the it's in November, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, I, you know, at this point though, I'm I'm starting to think that. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what was it a friend said? I, that they were just waiting for the aliens to land. Wouldn't even blink <laughs> when it happened. Just be like, what took you so long? Uh, yeah, I remember someone was saying that the Pentagon had released like photos of UFOs and everyone's like, meh. Yeah, it's like, okay, that's 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 nice. Uh, but um, yeah, can we talk about this pandemic? It's, it's still going, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, pandemic and then dust storms and bees. Oh Sorry, God. he was saying. <laughs> no, no. Well, I was just going to move forward, but yeah, pandemic and dust storms and heat wave and yeah. So <laughs> I was actually going to ask if you had, had uh, built any new um, new habits to go with your new system. Mm, basically, um, at home, um, mm-hmm. as I mentioned in my letter to you. Um, Literally, my day is bookended by showers, or at least by change of clothes. So, um, what I'll do in the morning, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, when I wake up is um, I'll play a bit on my phone. Then I'll go mm-hmm. and take a shower, um, shower, check in, um, make coffee um, if I want to, and then I will go and start work in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> At the end of the day, when I log out, um, I will basically change my clothes and then basically just not wear a bra because the only reason why I wear bras on conferences is just so that it looks nice if I have to switch on video. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, no, the the tyranny of the bra is is a thing. Uh. Yeah, and the thing is, is that um, what they don't tell you um, and you learn for yourself is that um, there is actual value in getting yourself properly sized every few years. Oh, yeah. And in a lot of places, at least in the shopping malls, um, you can actually walk into some of the specialty stores and ask them, um, I'd like to get myself sized, can you... Can you size me? And they will do it for you for free. And they will actually tell you, oh, you should be wearing, this is the proper way to wear it. This is what you should be aware of, etc. So it's like, and I didn't learn this until I was almost 30. It's like, why? Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, I had no idea there was such a thing. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, uh, raised and socialized as mm-hmm, male. Yeah. So it wasn't something that really came <laughs> up. Uh, mm. Yeah. But uh, as with so many things with clothes, uh, it's also going to, the sizing varies by manufacturer, oh, yes. by brand, even within the same manufacturer. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Um, and so, and, I mean, like, no, go ahead. No, I was about to say, even the, um, even the color within the same range can actually change. So, um, my husband actually has two Marks and Spencer shirts. Um, mm-hmm. Both of them are in blue, but one is checkered and the other one is just a plain blue. And so the other day when he was trying his clothes on, he found out that um, the checkered one, which is the one that he likes, is actually a bit tighter than the one for the, than the, just the plain blue one. Right. So, yeah. So I was told by another friend that um, it's liter- in some cases, it's literally down to the color simply because the dyes they use means that the cloth cannot be cut in quite the same measurement. Yeah. Mm. Um, I found out um, that the company, I, the place I was buying my jeans, I knew exactly what size to get. I'd go in, mm. I'd get the size. I would, you know, didn't even have to try them on anymore. It's just like that is my size. Uh, and then I discovered... Um, that when I found out they were evil, uh, 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 then I discovered that they vanity size, which, yeah, so I'm not really a 42, I'm a 46 for everybody uh, else. Uh, but, and then I picked up a couple of, I, I will say this brand loud as, as they, I picked up a couple <laughs> of pairs of uh, Carhartt jeans, which I took to the on the china trip and mm. i have stopped wearing any other brand of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah finding a good pair of jeans is like it's really like the holy grail yeah oh yeah no and there was uh um like there was there's been discussion i i had with a, a friend uh about you know why can't uh i find kilts in mm. this, you know that are that are cut more for women and i'm like you know it's they i don't see how you would cut them differently for women <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's oh. it's the hip, it's it's literally the hip thing in a mm. lot of cases yeah cuz one of the conversations i've had with friends about clothes and such it's literally that um you can always tell when it's cut for men because there is no mm-hmm. curve um so, and there are pockets. Oh God, yes! I my my favorite piece of clothing is actually this uh, long wavy skirt that a friend um, helped me get from China, and mm. it has pockets. And it does not just only have pockets; it has pockets that's big enough for even my Note Ten. Oh wow! 
yeah, it's like it's like two three years old and it's slightly faded, but it's like my God, pockets. Oh yeah, no, it's it's uh, apparently that is a global feeling, just like uh, just like the tyranny of bras. Um, interestingly enough, I'm not sure whether you've seen this before. Um, someone pointed out that um, the absence of pockets was actually a political answer or a political move to counter the suffragists because uh, they would put things inside the pocket. Ah. Uh, yeah. So the reason why we end up with such unusable pockets, it's not just so-called for like the slim look, which is what which is the surface answer for most people, but it has that particular history. So it's like, and I look at it and I'm like, ah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. You'd think a hundred years on, we could fix that now. Mm, yeah. So the, so the only problem is that when it reaches Malaysia, it's also priced ridiculously. Like what it would cost like $30, $30 elsewhere, it's like about 100 to 120 Conversion rate, it's about the same, but value yeah. of money is not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do remember that walking into a, a like walking into a store in uh, uh, Tibet and being like, okay, this says it's. I'm having to do the conversion in my head because I just we just got a whole bunch of uh, of Chinese money when we mm. came over, and but it was like, all right, this is how much in American and because I'm I'm looking at it going wow that's really expensive and then I do the math and I'm like wow that's like three dollars <laughs> yeah and that's... yeah Here, hello yes those are my notes let's not go to sleep on my notes tiny orange yeah, oh. in in Southeast Asia um, we have currencies that are close to the American style in the sense that you have two two um uh, two decimal points for the coins and then. Mm-hmm. Everything else is like a thousand, one ring, uh, one, two, three, that kind of thing. Um, but then we also have a bunch of currencies where it's all like in thousand, 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 which is so doing the conversions for those is an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I think the conversion rate uh, for the RMB was, um, was like a fractional thing. So it's like ah, three yes. and a half to a hundred or, or, something ridiculous like that and so it's like uh okay yes you're tiny and orange um, yeah so da, da, da. Right, so uh back on track uh, you were talking about last time how you had set everything up for friction so that uh, you you we're kind of forcing yourself to do things, mm. um, so or reducing friction. So mm. uh, has that changed significantly? Mm, not really. In fact, I think it's fair enough to say that it's actually been strengthened since I now work from home. Okay. Um, so literally, and and I'm very lucky to have this. Um, I have a worker machine and a personal machine. So it's set up in such a way that. When I'm done with work um, for the day, I'll switch off the machine, uh, the work machine, let it cool down, etc. And then um, when it's uh, when I'm ready to either um, when I'm ready to open up my personal machine, it's like okay, close work machine, literally take it out, mm-hmm. put in personal machine, and da da, it's done. Yeah, yeah. 
I yes, I have a tiny orange cat sleeping on my home machine right now. Yeah, no, my work machine's on my the other half of my desk, and it's connected to a different monitor. The whole thing. I'm on call, so occasionally I have to like slide physically from one to the <laughs> other to actually work. So, but uh, I did find that really valuable is having that like separation and having to make a, a conscious decision. Okay. I am on my work machine. I'm focusing on work things. I'm on my home machine. I don't have to focus on work things. Yep. Since so, I've been working from home for ever. <laughs> with, with that said, um, I do have to point out that um, I had one day where this was disrupted because um, my work machine threw up an error um, in the sense that, you know, that, Windows error where um, it loads, but you only see the cursor. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that, and then um, I made the mistake of trying to hard reboot it. I think it was a mistake. And basically, it just went into <laughs> an auto repair loop. Oh. So I had to switch to my um, personal machine to work for like a day and a half, and it was a case of like, it's like never again. Because <laughs> I was just so very distracted by everything. I, I had to, uh, I because my machine hadn't come in when I started, mm. uh, I, I had to work from my home machine for like the first couple of days. Mm. Now, being the person that I am, my present to myself was the high-end machine that matched exactly what I was getting for work anyway. And <laughs> so it was like, all right, well, then we'll just consider this a practice run for when I have to, for when like two days later when my actual work work machine comes in. Uh, so... That was cool. Uh, and now I actually have a backup because pretty much most of what I need to be able to do my job is mm -hmm. on my personal machine. I just don't touch it. Yeah. Then again, Same. it's all GitHub and like a text editor <laughs> for most of it. So <laughs> <laughs> It's actually pretty much the same for me as well because um, a lot of the programs I use on the work machine is pretty much also the same thing I use on my personal machine. So it's just... Being conscious that when I send documents over, I remember to scrub uh, at least the personal information simply because mm -hmm. uh, my home Microsoft Word is tied to a different account, obviously, and that account has a very Weibo nickname attached that I should probably <laughs> update. <laughs> so, yeah, it's mainly that. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, here's this is actually going to be an interesting con contrast. You had talked about how you had two of everything. One for home and one for the office. Pens, fountain pens, um, <laughs> cables, um, so that you always had what you needed with you. Uh. Um, and uh, for some reason, I have the quote, hot chicken shit here. Oh, because I mentioned hanga um, hanga tahi ayam, basically someone who's very enthusiastic in the, be in the beginning. And then later on, like, they just cool down, etc. So that's why it's translated to hot chicken shit. So now that I'm working from home, um, it's not so much true of everything, um, but it's more like it's everything is within um, easy reach. So mm -hmm. I've actually set up, um, and this was the thing that I did not know until I brought home my work laptop, is that uh, my work laptop actually has a USB Type-C port that can carry um, data. Ah. And at home on my 
personal machine, I'm already using a USB Type-C hub so that it powers my mouse, my keyboard, my monitor, etc. So literally, it turned out for the best. So mm-hmm. when I got home, I could just literally use the same hub, plug it in, and then it's like all my peripherals are there. Yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, that was one of the things that I did. The only thing that required like two to three weeks of diagnosing was figuring out how to maximize my Logitech mouse because I've got a gaming mouse and I've set it up at home for like short keys. So it's like page up, page down, switch between tabs, close tabs, reopen tabs, et cetera, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was trying to figure out how to make sure that when I move from my work machine to personal and back again, that the keys would carry over because at that time they did not allow me to install anything on the work machine. Right, right. So yeah, that took like about two weeks to to figure out because Logitech's latest software. I'm sorry, guys, if anyone is listening, please get your people to actually use the software because it's not working that well. I I was gonna say I now I have the uh, all the MX series stuff, right? Oh, yeah. It's the big fancy heavy, oh. and there's the the oh no, I love this trackball. I mean, I could probably you know, pound somebody's skull in with it and it would be fine. <laughs> uh, and then like their new ergonomic keyboard. Oh um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and now they've just come out with a standard flat keyboard uh, that's getting really mm. good reviews, but I'm not going to get it. Cause I like the ergonomic. Uh, I like the waveform and what it does for my wrists versus mm. the flat ones. Uh, mm. But the software that they're putting together for the MX series stuff mm-hmm. seems to be, a little better on the okay. These are this is the device. This is how it's configured. I think they even have a sync feature. Ah, uh, the sync feature doesn't work for me. That's the problem. It's like half the uh, time it doesn't. Yeah. But in uh, for my case specifically, also they have uh, a thing where I can slide. If I've got one the machine set up side by side. Mm-hmm. I can turn on this thing and just slide the mouse from one to the other without having to uh, push the button or anything to, to change it over. I don't do that often because I keep oh. forgetting where I've kept the mouse. <laughs> and I think they've they've just added that support to the keyboard as well. Mm. I'll have to double check. Uh, I think but, it's the wireless series. Uh, I remember that they, that I've seen some YouTubers review that one where it's like, it's just a seamless connection between all three machines. And there is Mm -hmm. one function where literally you can just copy paste from your phone to the computer and there is no Microsoft, your phone thing or whatever setup. It just works. It just works. "Ah." Yeah. Yeah. Kind of do that with, with my iPhone versus Mm. whatever, but um, (laughs) I don't use that as much. Mm, Fair. Yeah. Uh, mostly, if I find a tab, I like I use Chrome everywhere, and so if I find yeah. a tab that I want to follow up with later, but not on work, I'll just tell Chrome to send it to the other machine, which is something ah. that Chrome Sync does, which mm. is really nice. Yes, I actually should probably use that feature more often because I find a lot of excuse me interesting links um, when I'm working. But actually, no, the thing is, is what I do is that I use those links as rewards to myself. Like when I finish a task or when I want to break. Between tasks, it's like, okay, I'll go and read like this super long article for like five minutes or three minutes and then go back to my work. So, yeah, I have a lot of, part of the reason why I have a lot of tabs is also because I read a lot and I use them as like distraction breaks and such. So uh, here we go on a tangent again, folks. So 
have you found out about Chrome's new tab grouping function? Yes, but I haven't used it yet. It feels very similar to some of the plugins that people have talked about over the years where you can group the group the tabs by, by specific topic or whatever you set. Um, but I don't do that mainly because I like having um, my, my workflow at work and at home is that I'll have like windows open for a specific mm-hmm. information and such. And so when I'm working, those windows are open so that I don't get distracted by other things. Yeah, I end up having to flip between tabs so often that uh, I, I now have a tab group of the things I'm actively working on, uh, mm-hmm. a tab group of you know things that are just sort of general work, like here's a, doc, a piece of documentation that uh, someone wrote that I need to review, but mm-hmm. the ticket I'm actively working on is in you know different, and you can color code them. So when you look at it, you can just sort of look and say, oh, pink, pink is my working on. Yellow, yellow is my general, you know, is is general work. Um, It's it's still a little young and immature, but I'm kind of digging it. Probably tell my colleagues on it, because this sounds like something that all of us would really benefit from. Like my colleague, who is also another copywriter, she's got like 3,001 tabs open at every time to the point that she complains her computer is slow and all of us look at her and she's like, close your windows. Yeah, close yeah, close, <laughs> close some tabs. <laughs> Declare tab bankruptcy. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, and my, my creative director is also much the same except that he switches between Chrome and IE for work purposes. So yeah, yeah this actually sounds very useful for us. <laughs> Well, and I can just sort of look and go, oh, it's the green one. The green one is where I stash my Twitter feed. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I use um, incognito when I'm at work for that. Partially, one is because I don't want to um, keep it permanently open on the work uh, browsers, Mm -hmm. but also because um, if I accidentally close it, it's a good thing because it means that I actually need to focus on work. Right. Yeah, so it's it's an easy close and it's a hard open. So yes, friction again. <laughs> <laughs> all the friction, all the friction. Mm. Yeah. Wow, and when we already sort of went through your starting your day because that's also part of your habits now. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's... You know how do you how, how do you decide what to do first? Well, you already kind of have that down. It's um. it's if you're talking about in terms of what I do first, um, mm-hmm. when I get. Um, when I start a task. Now, that's basically going to depend on whatever I um, whatever I report to uh, my team lead so, mm-hmm. or to my creative director, rather. He's basically the same thing, same person. Um, so, yeah, it's usually already set or um, if I don't have anything that's too urgent, then I work on something that's longer lead. Okay. Yeah. Now we're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna get into another. Another tangent before we, <laughs> we go on to. Well, actually, this sort of is the same thing because we were talking. We talked about what's the best advice last time, and um, uh, you don't need to set yourself on fire to keep others warm was what you, mm. you said, and we talked about uh, coverage rotations. Which, oh my God, this job. <laughs> has such great coverage. And then we kind of mm. fell into uh, the definition of auntie. 
Oh, gods, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then here's the here's the uh, interesting the interesting thing at the end. Uh, so then we fell into our discussion of pens and stationery. So other than notebooks, <laughs> got anything good and new? <laughs> well, actually, it's yeah. I because I think I mentioned it to you, but um, I don't. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm here, I can actually show it to you. Um, so Pentel released um, their brush pens. So these are some of the new colors. Yeah, they're very pastel. Um, Jet pens actually has it, so um, I think it's easier and faster for you to get it. So that is the uh, in terms of uh, brush pens that that I know I ha- oh, and yes, um, there is also I need to figure out which which are the actual new colors with. Uh, basically, yeah. Um, one of the things that happened um, when I caught back, I think I mentioned to you, is that I have my full, I have access to my entire arsenal, so I actually do switch yes. between pens. So, like, um, you can see at a glance. Yeah, I'm sorry, Internet, you cannot see this, but um, Kevin can, and uh, that's the main person I'm trying to poison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, look at all this these are, colors. These are the dual metallic ones, the one that I said that um, when, you, oh, yeah. when you write with them, they change color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just pull it out. I think this one is new. This one, I think, was new. Oh, no, I only got one new color from the series because... Um, the rest of them, I had duplicates of, like they are similar in color. So this one is one of my favorites right now. It's actually it's purple, but when it when it appears on a black paper, it's like completely different. Yeah, I bet that's that's the nice thing about the metallics is they they write well on black paper. Mm. Yeah, I also have a bunch of uh, Pilot Juice Ups, um, the super bright colors like these. Okay, uh, let me just show you. So there's the pastel one, which is the white body, and then there's the metallic one, which is the gray body. So these look gorgeous on white and um, white and black paper. And uh, so one of the things I also did was that um, I actually went one of my favorite local stationery shops. The this is a different one from the one that gave me the free kokuyo. Um, it's called they're called stickerific. I absolutely love them, um, partially because they have tr- they have four in-store cats. All named after okay. Star Wars characters. So they've got Luke, Leia, Chewie, and Han. And Han. So um, so they uh, basically, they uh, to support them, I buy stationery regularly from them. So my latest, um, for my personal journaling slash recording, I actually switched to a three Traveler's Insert novel, okay. uh, tra- sorry, Traveler's Insert style, actually, notebook style. Yeah, yeah. So they had a black insert. So you can oh. see part of what I like tried to color with it. Yeah, so this is really like do pop on the black on the black yeah. paper. Yeah. Yeah, and they're a much better quality than the other black El Chipo notebooks I got previously from another store. Um so it's like mm-hmm. holy crap, these it's like um which actually brings me to the saying that I wanted to share, which is uh Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um if it can be solved by money, it's not a problem. I'm a firm believer in that one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, there is an actual, um, I mean, some people may say it's capitalist and all, but no, if you can pay for convenience, and if the convenience is is ethical, or at the very least, it's not um, too evil, then by all means do it, because you would be supporting someone, and that is not, that is not a bad thing. Uh, yeah, uh, one of the... One of the things that's come up with Dog Skull on a couple of, of occasions is... 
I mean, let's face it, Ursula's... Let me move this bag out of the way, because we've decided we're just going to lick the bag. (laughs) One of the things that that came out of it was, we can do all this work, or, you know, there are people who specialize it and can do it in half the time. Mm. And it's worth, you know, it's really worth the money. Um, I think the... When they had the tree thinners come out... Uh, because they're working, she's working with the university to build the the wooded pasture. Uh-uh. And when she contacted them, she's like, "Yes, this is my budget." And they're like, "You you have a budget? <laughs> no one ever has a budget." <laughs> they were they were positively shocked that you know not only did she want their help, she knew the mm-hmm. knew of a farmer to help to to because it's usually a, a landowner farmer partnership. Uh, but had a budget to be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's seriously the the thing about in at least love from my experience is that pe- people have budgets. Now whether that yeah. budget is realistic is another matter entirely. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there there is some some difference there. Sometimes it is, sometimes <laughs> it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yes. But yeah, if if it can be solved by money, it's it's not a problem. Yeah. Um, I actually had a friend who is something she said yesterday actually reminded me today uh, that which is why I wanted to share it. Um, she mm-hmm. was she's been collecting a specific um, color of uh, computer peripherals because it makes her happy. Okay. So someone in her comments, uh, so she posted a photo of all the peripherals that she had in that color, and then someone said this that, uh, and then she said like I only have like one or two more items left to go. And someone said that oh you know it's cheaper if you just spray paint it yourself, and she's like no my time is worth this much. It is not worth um, the effort for me to do it because I could be doing much. I could be doing more things to earn money. So yeah, like, that's, yes, uh, it's something I've I've uh, I've certainly uh, taken to heart when I. About a decade ago now. Oh my God, it's already been okay. Don't do the math. Don't do the math. Math bad. Um, but uh, I was a contractor, and I knew exactly how much it cost me, mm. or how much we were billing to a customer f- for that hour, and how much I was getting paid for that hour. And mm. when you when you do that math breakdown like that, you sit there and you go, so like my time is literally worth money. Why should I spend my time on something I don't like, I don't enjoy, that I'm bad at, hmm. uh, that I don't have any desire to actually do, to hmm. make a thing or do a thing or whatever, when I can pay somebody this fraction of that same amount of time, right? Yeah. Um, and hmm. it uh, fucking capitalism makes us see our time <laughs> with money. But I mean, that's. You know, when I when I sat down and I started to look at it, I said, okay, I can spend five hours doing this one thing, or I can hire somebody who will take 30 minutes, and okay. Yeah, but that was actually also the same thing um, that we what my husband and I wanted to do with the apartment that we just rented out. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we can either clean this ourselves. Um, to be fair to my previous tenant, she left the house in like almost a spotless condition, but it was it had actually been sitting empty for about almost a month so there's dust everywhere and whatnot yeah. so and we were like looking at it it's like we could either like spend an entire afternoon cleaning this or we could hire people who can do it in less than that time and do it oh, yeah. well yeah oh yeah and uh, cleaning and then everybody's happy mm. yeah. exactly 
Yeah, my mom-in-law also does that um, very often. So I actually, after my surgery, I uh, I actually went, I actually stayed at her place for a few weeks. So she actually had, while she would sweep the floor every day, um, she actually had someone come in um, every month to at least like wipe the fans and do like heavy mopping and such. And it was a case of uh, my father-in-law actually wanted her to do that because he didn't want her to do a lot of the heavy lifting around the house. But mm-hmm. it was also a case of if we can pay someone to do the heavy lifting of the cleaning, everyone is happy. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't like scrubbing toilets. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, I'm Not... very much a forgetting one. <laughs> yeah. And um, wait, I didn't ask this last time, or maybe I didn't. What kind of toilets do they have in Malaysia? Oh, um, so depends. Hi, is that Ernie? No, that's that's <laughs> Hound. Somebody made a noise, oh. and now Hound has to tell us that the world is ending. Oh, poor Hound. <laughs> um, no, we have the usual regular flush toilets. Um, with that said, uh, some of the malls have the auto flushing toilets, um, which are really cool, except that. Sometimes you sit down. You just sit down. You haven't even done your business yet, and it's. Yeah. And no, it's, I was I was yeah. thinking more uh, Western versus. Uh, oh. The the Western chair versus the squat, the Asian uh, squat toilet. We have a bunch of squat toilets in the uh, in the malls because there mm-hmm. are some people who prefer to squat. Uh, but majority of us, I think it's fair enough to say that at least in the urban areas, it's like ninety nine percent of the houses all have, uh, all have Western toilets. Oh. With that said, I just remembered of one house that doesn't have it, which is my neighbor's. Because uh, no, she has she has uh, Western toilets for herself, but she also has three dogs, and she's trained the three dogs to go to the squatting toilet to do oh their business. <laughs> I'm incredibly no jealous. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so- Sergey taught himself to use our toilet. Where did Sergey go? I don't want to know. <laughs> um, Sergey taught himself to use the toilet. He doesn't flush it. We don't want him to learn to flush, but um, oh. otherwise he'll just sit there and flush all the time. <laughs> it's great because now it's like, okay, he's, you know, he isn't making messes around the house because he's just, mm. he's using the toilet. Yeah. Man, it's so. Dog's trained to yeah. use the squat toilet. Man. Yeah. She was like, we found out, um, and I found out about this because there was one time my, I got locked out of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to like, knock on her door and says, can I come and like sit down here for like about half an hour while mom comes back? I said, right. sure. And then she takes me in on a tour of her house and she tells me, she said, oh yeah, this is the uh, this is the dog's toilet. That's why it's a bit smelly. And then she explains how it works. And I was like, uh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So, yeah, um, majority of the houses basically have uh, Western toilets. I think maybe some of the villages. Um, by villages, I don't mean uh, the ones in East Malaysia, which is Sabah and Sarawak, which is uh, which is a lot of it is in the jungle and mm. a lot of it is not being developed because, well, thank you, previous government. You guys did a fantastic job. Note the sarcasm. Yeah. Um, but, Wait, is, yeah, that the, it, is that the previous, previous government? or The previous, previous government. So the previous, previous, previous government that's now the government again, not the yes. previous government that replaced the previous, previous government and then got thrown out by the previous, previous government, which is the current government. I think it would be fair to say that the 22-month-old government, um, as far yeah. as I understood it, didn't have a chance to make oh. uh, real inroads into it. 
mm-hmm. um, or they probably have started, but not a not not big enough of a tent. Um, but the 50-year-old government kept saying that they would bring development, etc., and all. And then they just like they dragged their feet like forever to to even like make sure that the interior got um, the internet they deserve. Um, in fact, I can actually talk about this as well. Um, we recently had a viral video um, mm-hmm. in Malaysia where this girl um, videoed her adventures sitting on a tree for 24 hours just so that she would have a stable enough internet connection um, to, to basically do her exams. Okay. And it's like after that went viral, the current government, which is basically another form of the 50-year-old government, uh, got so embarrassed that they actually sent um, they actually sent like the telcos in to like build a proper um, internet tower there. But Excuse me. That at the same time, it's a, a lot of us are going like, it took you this to do this, and it's like, how different are you from the fifty-year-old government again, which only got things done when it got played out in the media? Yeah. So, so for those, since everybody missed our our pre-recording <laughs> conversation, like on top of everything else that you've had going on, there was sort of a blood. Was it bloodless? Please tell me it was bloodless. It was, it was bloodless. Yeah. The good thing yeah. about Malaysia is that generally it's bloodless. Yeah. The the because you had had a parliamentary switchover like almost two years ago, and oh. then there was what what amounts to a bloodless coup of that old government coming back into power, and so and they had been in power for fifty years before. So that's the background information everybody needs, I think, to to get where we are. Yeah. Um, so is everybody yeah. caught up? Is everybody confused? Um, so yeah, apparently. <laughs> We all missed that this happened in Malaysia because uh, global pandemic. Yeah, pretty much that. Yeah, and I think um, it's yeah, and because of that, uh, because the drama of that entire coup that happened between the twenty-two month old government and the fifty-year-old government, um, because of the, it all happened very intensely over a course of two weeks, and during two of I think about during like uh, one week of that one of the largest uh, religious gatherings um, happened mm-hmm. in the heart of KL. And basically someone, from what I understood, someone um, brought back the virus from South Korea, uh-huh. um, attended the gathering, and then uh, he flew back, if I'm not wrong, um, to South Korea. But then by then it's like people who had attended the gathering all pretty much like spread. So we found out about it when Brunei told us that, hey, we've got a COVID-19 case here and it came from this gathering. And then it was like, ah. yeah. so yep. you can imagine. Yeah. So it's basically after that, we had the lockdown, which is why I am now working from home like since March. Yeah, no, we've, I think we've all been working from home since March, at least uh, around here. Um, no, there's there was actually this amazing map of okay, here is the case spread. Uh, this was put out, I think, in March, um, mm. like within three weeks uh, uh, in March. There was that whole thing about here are people violating the the order to stay home at Daytona Beach, and then they actually did like a, a graphic of the spread of reported cases based on. Um, people's Mm. movements based on like, okay, this cell phone was here during that time period and now it's in the Midwest and boom, there's a blossom of cases. So, uh, and of course everybody screamed that, you know, Oh God, they can trace our, our movements with the phones and blah, blah, blah. But I've never been in a a country where you just sort of accept that's what happens and adapt accordingly. (laughs) 
Um, with that said, that actually reminded me. One of the incredible things that came out from this was that um, in my state, my home state of Selangor, um, we actually had a uh, apparently it was a bunch of uh, doctors or engineers, I can't remember which now, that came up almost overnight with a very simple solution to making sure people could be tracked. So mm-hmm. they came up with this um, website and this was, uh, and this was, they launched it after the Selangor government agreed to back it, the Selangor state government. So um, they came up with a website where businesses could just print out QR codes for their mm-hmm. particular business. And basically, anyone who went to their uh, to the store with this uh, QR code, you just scan it, and then it automatically registers. Okay, you are now in this location, and this is active. And then they use that information to track. Um, they use big data, according to them, because everything is anonymized. Um, they only get your name and your phone number, mm-hmm. and most of the time, they don't even know who it is because it's not supposed to be traceable that way, um, unless it's a it's the health uh, the health ministry, and then it's like yep. basically like. Because of that, they could immediately like sort of trace. Okay, this uh, this person went here, and there is they are a case or a suspected case. So they could immediately trace um, the clusters or the areas where other people had gone to to yeah. make, and then they could inform and say that okay, you might be at risk. Please stay at home for fourteen days, etc. Yeah, uh, and it's all overnight. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I I just realized that uh, we have hit the the last time I was a, a public place of any size ish. Mm. was uh, Jacob's graduation. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's been it's been over 14 days, so uh I think that means uh-oh. Um your lights just went out or you went dark or something. Um can you hear me? And we're back and I have I I cannot remember. We were probably I think we were talking about contact tracing and so yeah. We'll probably roll to get things back on track. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right so if it's all by money it's not a problem and mm. um and so has um your dealing with failure and success and, and rewarding your success changed uh, i don't you it's not changed that much from the last round except that i don't usually um it's gotten to the point that i don't really um feel the need to um, shout it out so much um, these mm-hmm. days, but what I do uh, try to reward myself is that um, I try to do something nice for myself, like I treat myself to ice cream, or I play with pens, and uh, basically I try to indulge in my creativity a bit more. And that's also going a struggle because um, part of the thing about my sleep cycle recently is that. Um, Last this past one week is actually the best sleep I've had in ages. Um, I've actually been struggling to get more than five hours of sleep every night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, when I realize that when I have enough sleep and if I don't have to, uh, if I don't have to use too much brain to make words at work, mm-hmm. um, I basically then am able to to like write stories or do a bit of drawing, etc. And all. So not really. The rewarding has actually kind of like slowed down a bit, at least retail rewards. Right. What? what uh, and what about the other side of it? What about missing goals? Um, when I miss a goal, it's um, I try to take the principles of the watermelon project um, okay. into account. So if I can raise a red flag to say that hey, this is 
uh, problem, etc. And all, then I will try to do that. And um, in fact, actually, uh, yesterday uh, I had a fuck up. I actually missed something that uh, it should have been caught long ago, and I was assumed it was. I assumed it was fixed until um, I saw it again yesterday, and it's not fixed. So. Um, I basically uh, confessed it straight away to my creative director and I said that um, we probably need them to do this. And then he's like, no, I've seen the back end. Uh, this is something that we can all update on our own. So uh, he, so it's basically um, very solution driven in the sense mm-hmm. that, okay, so this is what we need to do. Um, this is the amount of time you have to do it. So uh, yeah, I'm in terms of emotionally, at least it's not so... It's not as bad as it was um, in previous years where I would beat myself up for failing as a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think I'd like to think that it's gotten better over the years. Yeah, one of the things that had come up last time was mm-hmm. um, forgiving yourself. Would you say that that has factored into it? Mm-hmm. Are you more I... willing to forgive yourself now? or? <laughs> it's... Not so much forgiving. It's more like recognizing that okay, this is this is uh, how do I put it? If it's an issue that needs to be fixed, it's like okay, this is how it was missed, and being able to sit and recognize okay, I fucked up. This is the reason why I fucked up and how I fucked up, and being able to diagnose and understand basically where and what caused it. A lot of cases, for me at least, it's a lot of it is avoidant. So I've tried to do the band-aid method in the sense that if it's unpleasant, get it done as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, uh, yeah, it's, forget, it's not so much forgiveness. It's more like recognizing that, yes, you are only human or yes, they are only human. And it is not uh it is not something that uh you it is not a failure of them as human beings if they screw up or it's not a failure of me as a human being if i screw up right. so it's recognizing that cool <laughs> <laughs> that is uh all right yeah that is wow what a catch up um, so you've had a year should we just go ahead and schedule uh, in another year <laughs> In another year, you might actually be looking at a very different setup. Uh, by I actually am, was in the process of buying a house. No, when I last spoke to you, I wasn't in the process of buying a house, but I started the process a few a month or so later, and then it's like, yeah, maybe it, it might be worth it. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, uh, Ursula had literally put down an offer on uh, she's going to buy a place for her mom out here. Ooh, that's awesome. Because uh, because land land and house prices are not very expensive in our part of the state. Um, and her mom is getting older and, you know, all mm-hmm. the usual stuff. Uh, but we don't want her living in our house. So. Oh, no, I completely understand that. That's why I'm also yeah. looking to get a new place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so, yeah, but literally had, an, had said, I want this. Uh, here's the offer I'm willing to make. And the person was like, I'm very sorry. There's a pandemic on and I can't move right now. So I need to take it off the market. Oh, and okay. But mm. yeah. So, uh, and we were like, 
that is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, you can't move right now, and that's just how it is. So uh, we'll be starting that process back up, I guess, after things. <laughs> that's one of the interesting things. That's one of the interesting things about in Malaysia, at least it was, uh, we had a moratorium for six mm-hmm. months on um, banks and uh, on all sorts of loans, actually car loans, personal loans, if I'm not wrong, as well as housing loans and such. So mm-hmm. part of this was basically to make sure that landlords would not kick out their tenants who couldn't pay. Um, so one of the interesting things, uh, the web, I u- actually use a local website called uh, Speed Home. Um, to find a tenant. And one of the features they had was that basically they said, oh, we have a contactless viewing. So they would actually uh, send someone or you could do it yourself where you'd have like people who just hold the video or the, the, the camera and okay. just walk through the house so that you could see the condition of the house. So yeah, like, before you get uh, and then hiring an inspector is easy because you'd get someone mm. local and, and so on. Mm. We actually don't really have inspectors, at least for tenants. Um, if you're doing a landlord-tenant thing, um, the assessor actually comes in when you are planning to take a housing loan. So they are the ones who will come out and say that, okay, this house is located, blah, 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 and how much it is, et cetera, that kind of thing. Yeah. And occasionally yeah. they'll uh, – we buying a, one of the things we found buying a house, uh, at mm. least in the States, is um, there will be two. You can get two. Um, assessors in inspections Mm. like the bank will send somebody in Mm. or rather the seller will send somebody in to say everything's okay and to get the Mm -hmm. the assessment and and how much the house is worth and things like that and it's Mm. often recommended that the buyer get their own because a buyer's assessor or inspector will go okay so what they didn't put on there is that the house is 20 years old and the hot water heater is 20 years old. And <laughs> so that's going to need replacing or, mm. uh, you know, or, Oh, by the way, there's uh, the, the pipes are still metal and they're all going to have to be replaced um, kind of thing. Uh, so it, it may be worth finding, you know, if, if you're buying mm. else, uh, that way, uh, at least in the states, it becomes a negotiation thing because you can say, "Okay, it's going to cost us a thousand dollars to replace all of this." So <laughs> either you can do the replacement now, or you can knock that off the price. The hilarious thing about that is that that particular conversation usually happens for new houses. Uh-huh. So these are like from straight from the developer. So um, they we had like a huge property boom in um, the area where I'm in, um, in the Klang Valley for it, the metropolitan area, Klang Valley. So um, there were a lot of people who basically went to the developers and said that, okay, we want to buy the property, but we don't want all these um, additional add-ons that you putting in, like the cabinets, the furniture, etc. We'd rather just take the rebate. So that became okay. a package thing. Um, but for the sub-sale, aka the secondary house market, um, the um, we don't usually negotiate about the utilities and the furnishings um, as what they're called. So yeah. we go into the see the house and you say like, okay, uh, this house is in this condition. Um, majority of people, um, I'm assuming, because this is the advice that my father gave me, um, would assume that if you go into an old house, mm-hmm. unless they mention, the pipework is going to need to be updated anyway. 
Okay. The pipework, the electricity, etc. And then what happened? There was there was a recent case. I just remember. I'm trying to remember it. Um, there was a recent case. Uh, rather, one of the discussions we had was that. Uh, my, the train of thought has been derailed. Uh, never mind. I know. I was yeah. going to say most of the time, like a hot water heater or you know mm. pipes aren't necessarily a big deal. It'll be things like mm. the roof. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's a crack in the foundation and that needs to be addressed. Or, mm. And that's expensive. Um, yeah. Or oh. uh, the carpets mm. are ruined and they'll either have mm. to all be torn out and replaced with more carpets or something else. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there's only one time where I visited uh, or I viewed uh, an apartment where mm-hmm. the real estate agent straight away told to our faces, you are going to need to budget at least 10K plus uh, 10k Malaysian ringgit um, to renovate, and then he pointed out that part of it is because um, the flooring. Um, the thing about, at least in Malaysia and other tropical countries, is that we can't afford to have carpeted floors unless the house is fully air conditioned, and you only get that in the offices. Right. So right. everything is tiled. So um, the particular apartment that we saw, it actually had like bubbles of air underneath the oh. tiles. Yeah. So we had to like take out the entire thing and then retiled it, etc. And uh, yeah, that was it. Was for us, it was like we actually liked that particular real estate um, pair because they were very upfront by saying that you need to invest. <laughs> the, the house is cheap, and I say that in inverted commas. The apartment is cheap. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, relatively speaking, because um, it's not been touched for a long time, etc. But there are all these issues, and this is how much it's going to cost to fix them. Yeah, uh, it was it was interesting doing the viewings because we went to the the house that Ursula was ready to make the offer on, um, mm. and the layout was a farmhouse that had been that had grown with the family sort of thing. So started uh. small, and so the halls were sort of a weird layout and things like that. <laughs> but that was okay because like the next place we looked at was just uh, like it had not been lived in for a while, or and it had been lived in hard before that. Um, like family dwelling and it was like Mm. yeah no it would uh, (laughs) and I'm telling the real estate agent you did this backwards you're supposed to (laughs) throw the bad one first Um, I think I can go off on a tangent in this sense Um, Mm. at least in the Klang Valley where I am a lot of our development and I say that in inverted commas uh, is usually sort of patterned in the sense that everything is a pattern. Uh, Sergey is looking at your McDonald's bag. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, it's 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 leftover fries. I shouldn't eat them anyway, but yeah, I'll, I'll move them <laughs> before they end up on the floor and in and the dog eats them. That's oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um, majority of the houses are built with cement and bricks, so mm-hmm. they are fairly long lasting. Um, and they all follow a specific pattern. So in my case, I'm staying in a, a terrace house. Mm-hmm. So it's three bedrooms. Uh, it's three bedrooms, two bathrooms. And we always know, uh, sorry, it's two, yeah, it's three bedrooms, two bathrooms. And we always know roughly what the layout is going to be. If you've gone to, into one house, you know, every the rest of the house along the street will be roughly in that particular pattern. Yeah. So, yeah, so it makes it very easy for us to, to, uh, buy in a sense if you're looking at houses on a specific street or in a specific area you know roughly what to expect um, and we are not as tied to the real estate agent mm-hmm. so a lot of cases uh, like for me when i was buying my first property it was a case of like 
um, just going online, looking at the areas that I wanted to buy, and then just contacting the real estate agent, or in some cases, the owner directly to say that, hey, I would like to look at your house. That kind of thing. So it's yeah. a fairly, it's a much more simplified process. Up until when the banks get involved, and then you have to like um, deal with the loan lawyers versus your sales and purchase agreement lawyers, and then there's mm-hmm. the assessors. Yeah, so. Oh, yes. yeah, no. <laughs> um, there was a, a commercial for uh, loan services on the radio, and it was like, uh, yeah, here, uh, welcome to your, your mortgage closing. Um, start by initialing here, here, and here. Sign here, initial here. Um which I remember vividly from all the times I've either refinanced or, or you know, bought a home. Um, second house, I think I'm on, you know, I've had to refinance a couple times over the years. Mm. Um, but it, it, it went through this and it's like, you know, an advertisement for financial services or something. And then they, they cut back to the, the, the voiceover person from the interest and, and here we have a present. Here's a gift from the bank for, it, and they're like, Oh, look, a pen. <laughs> Yes, and uh, I need you to initial here and here that you have received the pen. And <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god! And I had heard it before we bought our my my ex wife and I bought our first house. And then when we went in, as I'm going through this, I'm like, oh my god! They weren't making <laughs> jokes. This is really how it works. <laughs> Which brings me to a funny story. Um, when I bought my first uh, apartment several years ago, um, mm-hmm. uh, I would. Uh, I was allowed to bring in my own pen to to sign, um, but for my for the apartment that um, that I started the purchasing process actually almost a year ago, but due to the pandemic for one, and yeah. due to um, land office shenanigans, um, um, the process has been lengthened. But it's basically all on the outside now and not on mine. So uh, when I went to the loan when I went to the loan officer's um, office to sign. They were like, no, you must use this pen of ours. And I asked them, it's like, um, but why? Because they, they, to be fair to them, they were using a Pilot G2. It's like, holy crap, I have missed that pen. Oh, no, they're great uh, pens. Yeah, no. Hmm. Um, I said that I have a, I have a similar black pen because I was using the um, the Uniball Signal. It's mm-hmm. only that it's got a thinner nip. And it's like, no, we want you to use our pens because then we can be sure that they cannot say that, oh, uh, you're, you're not using the right ink for the uh, agreement. Therefore... You will need, we will reject it. Wow. Yeah. I was like, when they told me, I was like, I get your point. I'm not going to argue with you on this. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nope. This is, you know, this ink does not match everything else. Therefore, it can't be the same. So, <laughs> all right. <Yeah>. Fine. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing is, is the property market in Malaysia, we've had a bubble that's, been predicted to use holy crap i think now it's like almost over 20 years it's been predicted to pop but um i firmly believe that the property developers or the big ones at least um have contributed to both sides um of the parties so i mean both to basically both sides of of the political spectrum so it's like we just when you think it's about to pop it contracts a bit and then it starts blooming again so just yeah. enough to make sure it doesn't it doesn't actually yeah but to be fair it's also because our economy is very uh, part of the economy is very heavily dependent on construction so oh. it's yeah if you remember last year i was bitching about the shopping mall explosion mm-hmm. it's basically tied into that okay 
Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, um, it's dark here, and I have to go put the chickens away. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, any any parting words? Uh, any new websites? I mean, I'm going to link to your your uh, the one we we did last year. Uh, um, oh, um, yeah. I think I can, I can do uh, two quick plugs. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually managed to submit uh, two stories to a to Insignia Press. Uh, okay. They are releasing a. Uh, collection of drabbles um, about Southeast Asian um, stories that's going to be coming out. I need to double check on when that's coming out. Um, but I have two, two stories in there. Um, oh. And then, yeah, uh, they're both exactly 100 words. So it's not very long. But yeah, I, it's, it's very much Southeast Asian um, focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finally got off my ass. Uh, oh, and this is uh, something that I've learned from Ursula that it's okay to be, it's okay to be motivated by spite. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, there was a so there was a local course that was talking about how to do um, ebooks, and mm-hmm. out of spite, I finally kicked myself to basically um, properly format uh, a chapbook my friends and I published like over five years ago. Oh, so wow. that is now available as a uh, Google Play ebook, which mm-hmm. I will send the link to you later on. Excellent. Um, yeah, and then hopefully by the time the interview goes live, I would have uh, gotten off my ass and done the formatting for the second uh, book that we also published together. And they're both very, very um, food themed. So the first one is called Chafan, which is uh, in, in uh, if you translate it basically into proper English, it basically means economic rice. Okay. And that's our first poetry chat book. And the second one is called Yamcha. Yamcha is local slang for let's hang out or let's have tea. As you can tell, my, my group has a very specific food theme going on. <laughs> I, I was going to say, um, Cassandra has her, her food of the gods theme going on. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And food is a very important uh, cultural um, artifact uh, across mm. many different cultures. So, you know, it makes yeah. sense. Food is basically one of the few things that Malaysians will either agree or disagree with, but it's like, there is no such thing as not having an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have, uh, yeah, I believe uh, uh, here in, in this part of, of the U.S., uh, it's about barbecue. Ah. <laughs> you know, there, there are the parts that are wrong that believe barbecue is a verb, <laughs> not a noun. Um, <laughs> there are the parts that are wrong who believe that barbecue is something you do with beef, uh, not pork. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, laughing because, yeah. <laughs> and then even in the state, even in North Carolina itself, there is there is a hotly contested over which is better, the Eastern North Carolina style or the Western North Carolina <laughs> style, depending on, on what side of the state you're on. And uh, but we all agree that uh, the people in uh, the section of South Carolina that use a mustard sauce and not a vinegar sauce are all wrong. That sounds. I mean, well, I suppose if you want spice, it kind of makes sense. But yeah, I'm I'm not very exposed to American BBQ. (laughs) (laughs) Majority of of what I'm used to is, I mean, at least if you talk about commercially in. Uh, in Malaysia, at least, uh, where a lot of us are more familiar with Korean BBQ, so mm-hmm. it's very much 
a very very spiced and marinated um beef pork chicken etc but mainly beef and pork oh yeah yeah no mm. uh vietnamese uh barbecue is is really good uh the one that i am starting to try to replicate now is um zinning I need to go and explore that because Vietnamese BBQ was something I forgot existed and I should explore that as well. Oh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Zinning, Zinning in Western China. Um, Ooh. Mm-hmm. They, they do this thing um, and it's street food. So it's uh, vegetables, it's tofu, it's meats on a stick that they literally, like you pick it frozen, they literally grill it right there over the flames <sighs> and they're adding this spice they're, they're brushing on the spice at the same time, and I think I could. I think I can do the technique with the um, in in how they're grilling and turning and all of that. It's mm. getting the spice blend right that's going to kill. Mm. <laughs> yes. Now I'm just thinking because in Malaysia, uh, now that you mention it, um, grilled foods, um, mm-hmm. street foods is actually very common. So we have one called satay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you might be familiar. It's just like meat on a meat on a stick and all, but then it's like. Uh, in the Klang Valley, there is this one location that everyone calls as the satay capital simply because there's a whole bunch of different satay uh, restaurants slash stalls in that particular oh. area. See, and yeah. uh, the first thing I order when I go to a Thai restaurant is the satay. Uh, the, the Thai one is slightly different. The one that um, they recently introduced in Malaysia is uh, it's the sat- usually satay sticks are a bit more slim, so mm-hmm. it actually resembles a bit more of a of a barrel of a pen. Like it's all like that specific um that specific width. Whereas the Thai version, the one that I'm familiar with, is called mooping. So those are more like uh, square slabs of meat on a stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are like oh my gosh, it's it's ah uh, the sauce and and the when it's cooked right, it's ah uh, heavenly. Oh, I know. And that's the thing, is is all of the zinning style use, is the same stick and the same sort of, of slicing, but then mm. a whole variety of things in it, and then the spice blend, which is the, the key, and I'm just, <laughs> oh. I think we ate, I think, like, five, once we, when we tried, we tried it the once, and then every time we would find it, Anywhere else outside of Zinning, we were like, meat on a stick. We need to have meat on a stick or tofu on a stick or whatever. <laughs> uh, it was so good. That was my experience when I went to Vietnam um, with uh, my friends a few years back. It was like, uh, we tried uh, the coffee. And back back that time, I was not that big a fan of... Uh, I mean, I was I liked coffee, but I wasn't, <laughs> that, I wasn't that addicted to it. But it was like, we tried one street side coffee and it was like, after that, it was like, oh, we see a street store. We, we see someone who's selling coffee at the side of the road. And that's not a, a logo we've seen before. We must try it. I just, uh, uh, Merle Lafferty just sent me a thing. Now I have to look them up real quick. Um, a, a place here um, coffee that does, uh, they're, they're basically, um, Coffee, they're not coffee pods, um, mm-hmm. but they're they're like coffee packets, and you open it up, and you can stick it in the um, a, a, here it is, copper cow coffee. So 
it's a packet and you open it up and it, mm-hmm. it basically has the filter and you can Ooh. you hang it on the sides of the cup and then you pour over uh mm. But what it does, the special thing about it is they're like, okay, if you want to do it as Vietnamese coffee, here's what mm-hmm. water you add and what, you know, and if you want just uh, an American style, it's basically double the water. So, so it's like, I can have Vietnamese coffee anytime I want. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're actually quite lucky here that we get the three-in-one packets or at least the, the, the instant sachets. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's almost the same thing. It's far better than, than a lot of the Nescafe's that you get here. But um, I would say, actually, it's on par with our local brands. And, I, yeah, that's... Go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, you can get the good Nescafe. Ah, yes. The Nescafe we get here, I was like, I I got hooked on this one in uh, <laughs> China, and, and I'm like, I want this one. And they're like, it's not available in the States, and you can't ship it in. And I'm like... Um, <laughs> I, I love listening to that particular recap because I think that is a new Nescafe la, Nescafe um, rollout throughout Asia. I know which one is the smooth latte. Um, it's actually not one of my favorites. I don't quite like how it tastes, but I would say that actually in general, um, if you are in Asia or if you're based in Malaysia and Singapore, you get a lot more of the varieties because the brands oh, yeah. actually... The brands actually make it a point these days, and it's a trend that's the last two, three years, where they try to replicate local flavors. So um, so one of the things that we recently have was, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, there was a, a brand of, uh, of canned coffees. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. Wanda. I think you might have it in the States. Um, so for our National Day to Malaysia Day uh, celebrations last year, they actually released in different um, chain stores. Some of it was in a shell station, some of it was in one specific supermarket and another convenience right, right. store. Where, and it's all coffees of the various states. Oh, so okay. You had Sarawak coffee, which was which is, which is gives you a really strong super kick, but the taste was very, um, the taste was very uh, round and mellow. I'm using, I think I've got synthesis here because when I mm-hmm. taste these kinds of things, I think on, in terms of shapes rather than in yep. the, firm taste. Um, and then you had Ipo coffee, which is um, one, of, one of the gold standards, and I say that very loosely, um, which was a bit more milky, a bit more rounder. And then you had the Malacca coffee, which uh, all three of these are states, uh, except Ipo. Ipo is a town. Um, but the Malacca coffee was very um, how do I put it? The Malacca coffee was very deep and rich, and it felt, if you were to look my brain basically colored them and then the Malacca coffee is basically the one that is very uh, dark brown with oh, okay. a little less uh, milk, a little less milk in it. But the Sarawak one was like almost was brown bordering on black. It's like Ooh. the milk in that was like very little. And then Ipo coffee is um, a very, what's the lighter spectrum. And it's like, ah, coffee of the States. <laughs> we don't have to travel. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So look for the Nest Cafe with the anime characters on it. That's the one that. Oh, I think they didn't. They didn't bring that one here, because the one that we have is just called Smooth Latte, and it's just like a regular size. They don't really bring in the anime characters one. That one usually goes to Taiwan and Hong Kong. Yeah, because it's mm. uh, that's it's like. Maybe I can import from Hong Kong or Taiwan. I'll have to find out. <laughs> anyway, um, 
I do have to get to my chickens. So um, yes, thank yeah, you, so, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah, <laughs> that was absolutely fantastic. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again before the year is out, but uh, we might not share that one. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Thanks, I need a Yep. As as she's she knows I'm I'm getting she can see me getting restless, so she's like, "Does that mean you're going to carry me upstairs for food?" So that's something <laughs> else that's probably going to need to be done. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll catch up with you uh, yep. yeah, soon. So take care. Bye. Yep, Send my love to everyone in the house. I will. And for those of you uh, at home, we'll be right back after this. I want to thank Patricia for coming back and catching us up. And it was so much fun talking to her. Uh, we're going to do this again, probably in another year. Hopefully not too. <laughs> uh, the uh, other thing is that uh, I just put all the chickens away. Our power couple, strong, independent and Becky are snuggled up next to each other. Like Aww. they, they, they have been for the last couple weeks. Um, the baby chickens, Four out of eight were in, the other four were on top of their coop, so there was some grumpy as I, I threw them in. And I got a call from Jacob, who is moving into his dorm and starting college in, like, three days. Good God. I know. I, I... Oh yeah, no. Yeah. There's 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 a lot of complexity there, especially uh, in in the plague lands here, uh, but... The school is at least they're having to comply with, you know, the government orders to do this, as it were. But they're trying to be as smart as they can and and all that around it. Uh, so, well, but, here's mm-hmm. hoping. Here's hoping. And uh, to all the other parents in this situation coming up, uh, solidarity. Yes. More from yes. Kevin than me, obviously. Obviously. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, in other news, uh, we have a word. For this week. Oh, and you're so smug about it. I am. It is Trapper Keeper. All the children of the 80s who are, are out there are just like pumping their fists in the air. Oh, man. Um, Can I get, uh, what was it? Christopher Lassen, the, the dolphin, 50 dolphins and a white tiger cub and the planet Saturn. I, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I only had the basic like primary colored ones, but I had to have the, I had to have trappers and Trapper Keeper because that's what you did. And of course, we must mention Lisa Frank. Oh. Yeah, hands yeah. over hearts all yeah. around. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's our, our badge code for this week is Trapper Keeper. Uh, you can find out more about badges at ProductivityAlchemy.com under the badges menu item. There's a badge how-to, and we talk about open badges, and you can claim your first badge and all that good stuff. 
And also on the website, there are ways to find out how to support us if you feel like throwing money at us. But as we've been saying for a while now, if you have the extra money to throw, uh, food banks can really use it. Yep. Bail relief funds. A lot of people are about to start getting evicted, and a oh, lot of God, people yeah. are going to need to help. Uh, some of the estimates are that like 30 million people may wind up on the street, and we're doing great. So help those people. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, we're we're good financially, and we appreciate your support. Uh, but if you're going to throw money at people throw it at people who could use it a whole hell of a lot more than us yeah and in the meantime just share this with people share links share links like uh all that stuff i've had a a, i've seen a couple of you recommending uh productivity alchemy on you know hey i'm looking for for new podcasts i i'm i'm overjoyed and i saw that go by yeah i'm overjoyed and flattered every time somebody does that uh especially when they tag me in so I mean, it's it's just a thing, and I have some great guests coming up. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Also, I'm planning two weeks off. Uh, I have a filler episode for it, uh, filler episodes for it. But I'm gonna need, uh, you know, this is usually the time we take the WorldCon break. Yeah. And usually take about two weeks off. Uh, so. Since we're not doing that this year, um, I am going to run a two-part Dino special about cooking in the pandemic. It was recorded back in April, but let's be honest, things have not changed that much. No, they really haven't. Um, and it's it's uh, it was a great talk. It was a lot of fun. We were both sober, and we still went three fucking hours <laughs> like we do. So uh, – but it was – there's some really good stuff in there, and – I'm I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you, and then after that, I mean, I have um, I have Annie Belay coming up. Um, I have who is this on this one? Um, uh, uh, catch up with Frank Goser. Um, you you know, got good stuff. I got good stuff. I'm really excited yep. about this. So we will uh, have that for you, and you know, in the meantime. Stay safe out there. Do your best to stay healthy and, uh, you know, do your best to stay productive. And as always, staying healthy counts as staying productive. Oh, Jesus, yes.